Super Talk Mississippi media production. What if everyone was turning their head to look at you with a brand new Flowmaster exhaust system from Exhaust Pro in Macomb on Georgia Avenue? Cruise in style with Exhaust Pro of Macomb on Georgia Avenue. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Um, you know, every single morning I had this, this reading thing that I do. It usually starts about 4 o'clock in the morning. Get a bunch of newsletters, get a bunch of different newspapers and e-editions. I just have a, a, a thing that I do that um, that involves a lot of reading about world events and, and uh, so events in the United States. Inevitably, though, I'll read something that spurs something, and it causes me to go on a bit of a investigatory, uh, uh, you know, path. And this this morning was one of those mornings. I, I came across a birthday for a guy named James Baldwin. He died in 1987, incidentally, and he was born August 2nd, uh, 1924 in New York City. His name is James Baldwin. And uh, I remember hearing this this that name before, and I couldn't remember where I had heard it from. So it, it, it made me start to search him out. He was an author, and he wrote a lot during the 1950s and 1960s, uh, during the civil rights era. So he was, a, he was a bit of an activist. He was very outspoken for the day. But he talked about a lot about uh, immense uh, cultural change. And he said some really profound things that are very relevant today. And I want to share three quotes with you that he said and just a few observations about them. The first one is this. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's, fa- until it's faced. Let me read it again. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. You know, I think about it might be the local political situation. It might be some some of your own demons. It might be something that's going on in your business, or it could be the political affairs at, uh, on the national level. But it is true that we have to face them before we can change them. And, uh, you know, I think that's pretty wise advice. The second thing, the second quote that really stuck out to me was this one. Anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive it is to be poor. Well, I can really relate to that. And if you've been in a, a situation before where you struggle financially, you certainly know what that is all about. I can even remember a time after my father died when I changed my my. Uh, my uh, uh, major from business, I mean, excuse me, from pre-med to business. I remember my mom came to my house once and saw that all I had was mayonnaise and bologna in my refrigerator. And she said, Bubba, that's what my family calls me. Bubba, you want me to go get you some groceries? And I said, no, mom, it's important for me to eat those bologna sandwiches. I've said that story before, but it was really a profound time in my life when I, when I really, really wanted to begin to set goals for myself. And of course, the rest is history and going to have a good career in media and the opportunity to retire young. But anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive it is to be poor. And the last one is this one. The most dangerous creation of any society is the man who has nothing to lose 
The most dangerous creation of any society is the man who has nothing to lose. I, I, I couldn't help but think about my conversations with Mayor Mitch Landry in New Orleans uh, while I was publisher of the Times Picayune and president of Nolan Media Group. We had a lot of conversations about uh, the challenges that face the city, which inevitably got back to 50% of African-American men in the city were unemployed. I'm sure that number is actually higher today. The challenges of poverty, generational poverty. And it, 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 when you have those conversations, you just think about the most dangerous creation of any society is the man who has nothing to lose. You think about the rise of, of neighborhood gangs and how that's created a really difficult crime problem in the city. This is most. This is true in most people big cities. Uh, you see that the the uh, men are getting younger, uh, their weapons are getting deadlier, and the sense that he gave me after having conversations with many, many young men over a long period of time was that they're all scared, and they're, they have a sense of hopelessness. They don't really think that they're going to live until tomorrow. So I get it when it says the most dangerous creation of any society is a man who has nothing to lose. And, you know, we as a country need to work a little bit harder on this issue of uh, of poverty and what we can do about it, certainly jobs are part of the create uh, part of the answer. It's a it's going to be a long transition, but we really need strong leadership and those who are dedicated to generational change to really fo focus on it. It's really it's really frustrating when you think about the polarized situation that we're in today. That we're not focused more on problems like that. That is for sure. But that's what James Baldwin left us a, a good legacy and things that he said back in the you know 1950s and 1960s still as true today. So now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Captain Jeff Powell, who's the commander officer at the Naval Construction Battalion Center in Gulfport. Uh, it's good to see you again, Jeff. Yeah, good morning, Ricky. Great to be with you. You know, uh, I went back and looked. Uh, the last time that you and I talked, we uh, I think uh, one of the hurricanes uh, had just hit Pensacola and challenged the base there. And little did we know that we were going to get hit ourselves by Zeta not long after you and I talked. That was in October of 2020. But uh, I didn't realize it had been that long since we talked. We, we shouldn't go so long next time to have a chat. It has been, it has been a long time. But I, I do want to thank you. In the last couple of months specifically, you've really had a lot of people from base on. Our new fire chief, our petty officer server, um, you know, our, our community plans and liaison officer. You've had a whole host of people that you've highlighted on your show. And I really appreciate uh, you highlighting the great work that our folks do here on base. Well, you know, I love sharing the stories of people in the military and their contributions, where they came from, and uh, their belief in coastal Mississippi since they since they got here. You know, I often hear from people that uh, you know they they weren't from here, but once they came to the CB base, they decided to retire here, or when they left the service, they decided to work here. Uh, you know, you hear that story play out time and time and time again. But the role the military plays is incredible. But what's awesome to me is those people that you mentioned and many more like them, the opportunity to tell their story and to see their incredible commitment to the Navy or the CBs or to Gulfport or to the banks. You know, you're lucky, man. You're surrounded by incredibly dedicated people. I am. You know, my job is kind of just cheerleader and uh, and keep the plate spinning and and see what I can do to support. But but you know, you've seen all the great folk, the the work that the folks on this base are doing across a whole host of industries, right? I mean, we have we're just a, we're in a service job here to support the the sailors and the families on this base, and uh, and it takes a big village, and I'm just lucky to be part of it. You are. You know, listen. The first time you and I talked, we talked about your time, your work that you've done, uh, literally around the world. 
but you know the CBs. I, I like to remind people that the CBs who come through Gulfport, who are stationed here, end up getting dispersed literally, literally around the world. But to give you know for people who have not heard that before, to give them a sense of that, can I let them? have a, 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 um, a sense of just how dispersed they are. And some of that you can talk about, you know, military missions, and some of it you can't talk about. Certainly there's some humanitarian efforts involved as well. But the CBs are making a tremendous commitment and a, and a tremendous contribution all around the world, aren't they? They do, sure. So I'll tell you, we have, we have lots of different types of folks here on the base. Uh, there's a big training mission here. And so, you know, to be frank, to start off kind of as a baseline, the folks in training aren't really traveling anywhere. They're getting prepared to go to their units or or their ships or their, their squadrons, wherever they may be going. Um, but the three CB battalions we have here, we have three active duty CB battalions. It's about 600 sailors each. And we do have some reserve CB battalions that occasionally will mobilize through here and go someplace. But the active battalions here are on a rotation where they go to Rota, Spain first. And then from there, they will go out all over Europe, Africa, sometimes the Middle East, and then some of them actually go over to the Pacific as well. And so some of them are standing locations. Like, again, they're always going to be in Rota. They're always going to be in Guam. Um, but some will will vary depending on exercises or partner nation rebuilding type things. Uh, and so kind of every every six-month rotation is a little bit different. But they literally could go anywhere. And, and it's just a, a matter of having a need and a mission and, and funding and coordination to get them there. But uh, it, it's definitely a, a busy time for them. And, and they're... Uh, Right. In fact, this month, August, uh, a battalion comes home from deployment, another one goes out the door. So that's always a busy time uh, for us on the base. As far as hey, there's we got to get barracks rooms cleaned out, and people are leaving, and people are going to store their cars on base, and there's all those kind of logistical things that we have to help support as well. So it's always a busy time. It helps when you're the base commander to have spent time in Rota, Spain, as you have, or time in the Pacific. It gives you perspective. Um, do you, do you find yourself saying, boy, I'm glad I had that perspective in my current role because it really does help you be a better leader? I do, absolutely. So, you know, to get to a position like this, uh, you know, I've been this the commanding officer of a CB battalion. In fact, it was one here in Gulfport about seven years ago. And so I know what our tenants, our tenant commands are going through. I know what they need. I know what their needs are. And it helps me identify with those commanders and, and help, help you be more sympathetic. Similarly, at an air station, they're 99% of the time are going to be commanded by a pilot who understands what the concerns, the safety concerns, the operational concerns are for the air crews. And so um, they, they do that. You know, I, I don't envision that changing anytime soon, that this base will always be commanded by a CB who understands what the CB mission is. Uh, but I do have to point out, we're not we're not exclusively CBs on this base. We do have other other folks that call this base home. And so I, I have to kind of balance that out, my CB experience with just being a generic sort of base mayor to make sure that everybody's needs are met and everybody can get their mission done. Yeah, I always thought that was the best way to describe your role. Literally, the mayor of this small city that we know is the CB base. But um, you know, I can only imagine. I know you're not able to talk about it, but I can only imagine uh, going from from out of Rota, Spain, the CBs and the potential role they're playing as advisors, or maybe even some other role related to the countries that surround Ukraine. What a sad situation that is, unfortunately. But I, I bet the CBs are playing some role somewhere in there, for sure. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with the commander of the uh, NCBC, Gupport, the CB base that we know it. We'll, we'll continue the conversation on the other side. See you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have the Captain Jeff Powell, who's the commanding officer at the Naval Construction Battalion Center in Gulfport. We know it as the CB Base. And uh, in the first, we just kind of got up to speed on uh, sort of the, the latest in his world. But the real latest in his world, there's, there's been some really cool things happening on the base these days. Some new facilities. They actually recently had their 80th anniversary, which I hear went extraordinarily well. Why don't you kind of update me on those those issues, uh, uh, Jeff? Sure. So thanks again. Thanks for having me on. You know, 2022 is the 80th anniversary of of not only the CBs as a force, but also the base here in Mississippi. And so uh, it was originally called Camp Halliday, and then it was called Advanced Base Storage Depot Gulfport, which is kind of a mouthful. And now it's the, you know, the CB base or Naval Construction Battalion Center. Uh, It's been a presence on the Gulf Coast for 80 years. And so this year we've had several events to highlight that. Um, And and especially it's been, you know, nice coming out of COVID to have those kind of events as we get back to a little bit more of a normal schedule. Uh, but we had our CB ball this year, which is, was on March 5th, which is actually the birthday of the CBs. And then uh, in mid-April, we had CB Day, which is kind of an open house. You know, it's our version of an air show. If you go to an air station, they'll have an air show and have lots of vendors and food and music. Uh, we did that in mid-April, and that was a great celebration. Uh, Mayor Hughes had made a CB proclamation for us in uh, early June for the 80th anniversary and, and really highlighted a great partnership that the base has with the city of Gulfport. Uh, and then we had a couple other events. We, we rededicated our, our fitness center, our gymnasium, uh, to name it for a guy uh, named Ray Border who died in Afghanistan. And that, uh, I think I've talked about that or some other people have, it's a huge deal to get a, a, a facility renamed. And so that was a, a great honor. And then Edgewater Mall actually highlighted uh, his sacrifice as well with this really neat sand sculpture uh, that was down there for a time. And, and we had a nice celebration down there as well. Um, and then finally, just recently, South Mississippi, South Mississippi Living Magazine uh, did a nice dozen-page spread or so highlighting uh, the CB's impact and the base's impact over the last 80 years, which is really nice. And so we have a great partnership there. Uh, and so we appreciated that coverage. Um, you mentioned some facility issues uh, or some facility completions. We just completed two big projects on this base in the last couple of months. One is our galley, our dining facility was uh, in a temporary facility for the last three years. And we renovated it, completely gutted it, and it's a beautiful uh, $19 million um, facility now that's been open for a couple of months. And then just last week, we opened our, our uh, we have a new barracks on base for a very specific uh, schoolhouse tenant. And that was another $19 million project, 83 rooms, 165 uh, beds, uh, and that's a beautiful facility as well. And so uh, a lot of construction in the middle of our base, it's kind of over and we're glad to be back to normal. And we have some great facilities to enjoy now. That's, that's exciting. I mean, there. I guess that the base, just because, like we just talked about, you're the mayor of a city there, that there's always going to be some level of construction or improvement that's always ongoing. Do you, do you guys have like a plan, a strategic plan that you're implementing? We do. So there, well, boy, this is the Navy. Do we have plans? Of course we do. Uh, so we have, you know, ma- sort of day-to-day, sort of very tactical maintenance plans. We have long-range strategic plans. We have development plans. You know, if you want to build a building on this base, there's a master plan for what the exterior has to look like, where it'll go. So, yeah, we have plans for all those things. And so this was really, though, the end of a big construction period for us. Like I said, it's kind of rare nowadays to have quality life construction being built. I mean, the Navy is spending lots of money on planes and ships and shipyards and things like that. Uh, To build a barracks and build a galley is pretty rare. We're fortunate to have those things. Um, And so now we'll look forward to, to doing some more operational facilities in the future. 
Yeah, I saw recently where the Army is, is in terms of what they want to be at in terms of force, is down considerably to what, what it needs to be. Uh, I don't know. It has the CVs stack up, and I bet that causes a lot of discussions about making sure that you're creating an atmosphere and an environment where people want to be part of the CBs and stay in the CBs, et cetera. But you, you, you talk a lot about retention these days? We do. It's always, you know, it's inside the gate and outside the gate. In uniform and out of uniform, we're in a competition for talent. Uh, I will tell you that we have a ton of civilian jobs on this base. And if you go to usajobs.gov, and, and then there's a, a Navy MWR Gulfport, I believe, is for our morale, welfare, recreation type jobs. We have vacancies on the job on the base all, all the time. The Navy Exchange, which is our store, our retail opportunity uh, uh, outlet on base, has has openings. Um, I don't know what it is in our in our country, or our culture, but uh, but post Navy, you see help wanted signs all over you know the local community, and there's certainly we have the same issue on base, and so it's definitely a competition for talent, and we have great folks in the Navy that are trying to recruit and retain those folks with different incentives and programs. But I'll go back to our quality of life. Having a new, a nice galley, having a nice barracks for our troops to live in and, and a nice galley to eat in certainly helps uh, keep parents happy that keep sending us their young their young people and, and, and keeps our sailors and our soldiers happy that are here on base. That is so important. And uh, you know what I hear from people, and this is almost to a person actually, especially people who have great perspective. In other words, they've been around the world and they've come to the CB base. They talk about the culture. Every single one of them talk about the culture. There's something about the pace. There's something about the sense of appreciation. People are nicer. There's something that draws them here. That's not to say they're not nice in other areas. It's just different. They're, they're, you, you, you combine what is this, this long-lasting culture of the CB base with the southern, southern sort of hospitality and sensibility, and there's, there's something to say for that. And then you build good buildings, and you have great food and good leadership. It all adds up to create an experience. That, I, I like the way you said that they will, they will cause parents to want to keep sending their sons and daughters there. That's actually very important, isn't it? It is. And it's funny you say that. I, you know, I'm in the privilege, I have the privileged position of, of meeting a lot of visitors. I mean, every, every kind of high ranking person or congressional staff or a general or an admiral or somebody who comes to this base um, frequently tells me, holy cow, is Gulfport nice. Uh, not only is the, the facilities nice, we keep our grounds nice, um, but I will tell you that I'm very proud of the culture and the friendliness that we have here. It is a fantastic team and family spirit that we have here, all dedicated on service and support. And uh, it's great to be part of, but it, it really is a very special place. So all I met a young C- place, right? But the base, the base really strives to go above and beyond to be a, a family welcoming and supportive atmosphere. And I'm proud of that. Yeah, I ran into a, uh, and met a young man who's in the CBs from Kentucky, actually. Never been down here before. And, I mean, he just couldn't say enough how much he loved it here. And, uh, you know, that's, that's coming from, you know, a frontline, you know, CB guy. Uh, but you hear it all the time. I know you hear that all the time. People want to come here. People who have the opportunity to go to anywhere in the world, who have a choice, they choose the CB base. So that's, that speaks high of, of you guys. And here's the reality. The pandemic shuffled the deck, the, the career deck. I don't care who I'm talking to. I don't care what kind of business they're in, that uh, we're in this you know, kind of uh, moment where a lot of people are changing jobs and careers and moving around. I think eventually that's going to settle down, but I don't think any industry has been unaffected by the, this mass um, you know, shuffling of the deck on, on the job side. And I'm sure this is something you guys talk about all the time. 
I would agree. It is the same. And, and you know, you talk about, you know, I have civilian vacancies on this base right now. Um, for structure-wise, I, I think the CBs are in pretty stable shape. I don't see any cuts coming to the base or anything like that. That's, But I will tell you that every year it's a little bit – it's always a discussion, right? What it, Talk about the Army downsizing, the Air Force changing. What planes are we going to fly? What you know? What what does the future of the Navy look like? That's always a discussion. Uh, but CB's skills and and their mobility and their ability to get anywhere in the world and do great things uh, keeps them in the conversation. It keeps them relevant. So that's that's something that uh, we can take uh, take hope in. That is so important. Hey, listen, we've been lucky. I posted something this morning a review of the hurricane season so far. It's a little bit of a law. We've had. Uh, We've had some uh, Saharan dust out there that's kept things in the main development region kind of subsided. But models show that it's going to get busy toward the second half of August into September. You guys spend a lot of time preparing because you you only you don't only make a contribution to getting the base back up and running rapidly, but you also make a contribution to the local community wherever you can after a storm. But this is a, this is a busy time for you from a planning point of view, isn't it? It is. We're always ready, and it's it's something – you know, the official start of hurricane season is June 1st. I will tell you, we're probably starting March and April and kind of a warm start to that hurricane season. Uh, we have been fortunate so far. Uh, I'm I'm pleased, you know, you mentioned Hurricane Zeta and Hurricane Ida earlier in the, the broadcast. Um, we finally, just in the last month or so, finished all of our work and our repair work from Hurricane Zeta and Ida. And you think, well, why does it take so long? Well, supply issues, labor issues. We've had, we've had a hard time getting contractors and roof shingles and insulation materials and siding for houses it's really taken every bit of two years for all of our different things to come together to get our base back together uh and let's hope it lasts through this season but uh but i think our roofs are stronger i think our, our houses are in better shape and and we've certainly done some good repairs i think we're ready uh but it's just a fact of life down here in mississippi it, it really is I, I think we're you know we're because we rebuild smartly uh when we get hit um makes us more resilient as set of communities i was down in south louisiana not long ago and i was blown away with the number of blue tarps on roofs and you know you know the folks really kind of working their way back from that extraordinary hit that they took last year it's easy to forget it's amazing it really how life you know if you're not directly hit life just kind of gets back to normal while the people in the hurricane zones that were hit are still recovering uh, you know we keep them in our thoughts and prayers but man we hope it's not going to be us next time uh, and in order for us to be resilient we have to be prepared and you guys are hey we're out of time for this this uh this time uh commander but it's been a it's been a pleasure to catch up with you my friend Absolutely. It's been great talking to you, Ricky. Thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, keep up the keep up the great uh, work. This has been Captain uh, Jeff Powell from the Naval Construction Battalion Center. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll see you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.